When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stump. His name is Chris Halleck. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be on here. Glad to talk some Pirates baseball and uh, uh, excited uh, for what's coming up. I mean, this is uh, this team's actually winning, you know, the last few. Uh, so it's uh, it's nice for them to not lose 10 games in a row. Yeah, I, I went on that long road trip where they had to, you know, scrape and claw to barely get one out of an eight game road trip. But then I get a little time off and oh no, they just put three to four to the Cubbies. They yeah. So when like hits three homers and yeah. walks it off and one know, of the better wins of the year. Yeah. You know, at the end, like, yeah, you're, you're having all the fun, but <laughs> I was there Monday. I was there Monday and that was Monday. The, Monday was a good one. <laughs> Monday was one of the most important days of the whole season for the pirates because O'Neill Cruz is finally a major leaguer. And look, I, I put this in Friday insider Already there's a, some buzz like, hey, you know, this is kind of a weak year for rookie of the year in general. Like you've got Mackenzie Gore in San Diego, who is doing a really good job, but he might be on an innings limit. If he's not, he's still going to be blowing past anything that he's ever done. And, you know, maybe he's there's some drop off. And even if there isn't, it's not like he's running away with this thing. You've got Donovan with the Cardinals who, you know, Cardinals just they're always going to produce some random you know, guy to come up and, and have a good season. And I guess you could also say Nolan Gorman too, but it's, there is no clear front runner for this, which makes someone like O'Neill Cruz an interesting dark horse, even though he's just come up right now. And I mean, Chris, you've seen it. He's got the tools. He's got the tools. He's one of the most exciting players that's come through this farm system since Kutch. Yeah, I'll say Andrew McCutcheon probably be the last one who had this much hype. And and see, the thing is, is that just last year, Wander Franco came up and did not play a full season and won, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's just, or he didn't win. It's just for him to come up and, and to do what he did in that amount of time uh, and, and to earn, like, votes, like, I just got done, obviously, covering the Rangers, and, and to come up and to earn more votes than a guy like Adolis Garcia, who hit over 30 home runs, who set Rangers records, uh, rookie records across the board, and for Wander Franco to come up, not play as much time, and to get more Rookie of the Year votes than Adolis Garcia, like, 
this kind of thing can happen with a guy like O'Neill Cruz because yes, the tools are all there. He has, I mean, the arm, I mean, the 97 mile an hour throw across the diamond. It's just, these are stupid, stupid things that we just aren't used to seeing from a guy playing shortstop. who stands six foot seven. And it's, it's really, really fun for fans, but it's really interesting to see how this is going to play out now. Because with the ball being the way it is, Rob Manfred, by the way, stop messing with the baseball. <laughs> but I, I, it, with the way the ball is now hitting is down this year. So if O'Neill Cruz comes up, he doesn't have to bat 300 in order to get a, a rookie of the year nomination or, or to be in, in the running for it. If he comes up and he hits for a, for a, a decent average and he slugs and he plays really good defense, then yeah, he could have all the necessary metrics to be up there and be in consideration for it. Because like you said, there is not a, a clear front runner right now. And yeah, and it would be really funny because what's going to happen if O'Neill Cruz finishes in the top two in rookie of the year, Alex, what's going to happen? He gets the full year of service time anyway. And the Pirates have maintained that it was a strictly development reason to keep him in the minor leagues. But boy, you can't ignore the fact that he came up just a couple days after the the super two deadline we've seen the last couple of years. It's, it's one of those, Oh, how about that time moments? We, we don't know exactly what the super two deadline is going to be or what the cutoff, not deadline. I should say the cutoff is, is going to be right there, but it would take a pretty significant record for, for Cruz to get that extra year of arbitration. And this is something that even going back to spring training, like my first two questions I had for Ben Sherrington in the first availability first day of spring training was, how do the rookie of the year uh, answer or rookie of the year and the CBA changes affect how you, you view these prospects, you know, do they have a chance? And I can't remember the exact answer, but I immediately followed that up with does O'Neill Cruz have a chance of making the opening day roster. And I got a pretty non-answer. And as we all saw that, no, no, he didn't have a chance of making the opening day roster. Yep. yep. It, it could end up costing them the year of service time. And if that does end up happening, we have to take it another step further of they also missed out on a chance of a draft pick, which yeah. we saw last year what extra draft pick and what extra draft bonus pool capital can do for an organization. That could be something that there were just a couple of different ways that that would be the real double whammy of you're punished and you miss out on an opportunity. And if that happens, I think you really have to look carefully really 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 carefully at guys like henry davis and mike burrows next mm -hmm. year who burrows is in triple a right now i think there's a chance we're going to see burrows in the major leagues before you know this is all said and done i know he's probably on some sort of innings limit and in, in everything but i mean if katana's oh. dealt at the deadline they're going to need more starting pitching well they and got jared eikoff <laughs> well, and as I as I was saying, because I, I got a little bit of pushback whenever I suggested, uh, you know, a guy like Bolton or Burroughs coming up instead of Ikoff, you know, I said, well, listen, those two guys are going to have to be on the 40 man this winter anyway, because yes. you got to protect them from rule five. So you're going to need the pitching. More than likely, I'll be shocked if Quintana's still on this team come August 1st or, or August 3rd. They pushed back the deadline a little bit this year. But come August 3rd, if he's still on the team, I, I, I'm shocked at that point. So you're going to need more pitching from, from the farm. We're talking about a couple months here. Like, I mean, like, I think you pointed it out on Twitter saying that um, 
uh, Kranich was considered major league ready after four AAA starts. Like, yes, I know Burroughs only pitched one one uh, start or one one game at AAA, but I mean, we we're talking about it's an emergency basis. You don't need five six innings out of the guy. You just need a guy to come in, give you three four innings, and then give it to a guy like DeYoung and come in. And Ikoff can even do that. I mean, it was just. Yeah. That that's why I made that point because those guys are going to have to be in the forty man. You're going to need the, the, the starting pitching depth uh, later on this year anyway. No, I and I, I hear you. Um, back to the original point though, Henry Davis right. is in a little bit of a different situation because you know he's still in Altoona right now and he's at a little he's getting his timing back in Altoona because of the wrist injury. But I think everyone expects him to finish this year in AAA. Yeah, and it comes down to what do you do next year? Do you? It does he. Will it be deemed that he needs a couple months of development still in AAA brought up and you potentially do the exact same thing you do with O'Neill Cruz right now? If he wins rookie of the year and you miss out on the draft pick, you miss out the full year of service time. Do you just bring up Henry Davis and, you know, accept that, okay, he's here for exactly six years. Let's make him six good years because I don't think this team is particularly far away from being competitive. If they really want to, they could go into 2023, a competitive ball club, because this division has two absolutely garbage teams in it. The Cardinals are going to be gutted this off season without Wainwright, without Molina and, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado a year older, the Brewers, they're not here forever. They're not going to be able to afford that pitching. For much longer, I, like if nope. I think they'll still be really good in twenty three, but I think twenty four is whenever they finally fall apart. So like, yeah. there's a real opportunity in twenty three for the Pirates to compete for at least a wild card if they like bring up a Henry Davis and they give Mike Burrs like the number four starting job early on or at the beginning of the year, and they sign just like a couple free agents. Like, yeah, this is this is not it, the same they're situation. not that far away, and it yeah. And it kind of makes it like, okay, you can't treat 2023 the same way you treated 2022, where it's like, well, maybe some of these guys will click and, you know, we'll, we'll finish third in the division. No, no, you've got to, you've got to win at some point. There is no substitute for winning. And I've put this elsewhere. I think I said this on the podcast last week, people in the organization aren't dumb. They recognize that this organization, that they need to win at the major league level. And it's like, we're waiting for the commitment. Yeah. And so it, First off, to, to your point on saying that this is this is a, a good time for the Pirates to start getting good. This is not like whenever they got good in 2013 and, and made those three straight playoff appearances when the Cardinals were really good and the Cubs yeah. were really good and they won 98 games and still didn't win their freaking division in 2015. This is not that type of situation. Like you said, this is an opportunity where you could get away with winning 90 or 91 games and Win the division. Realistically, have a, yeah, have a real shot at winning the division, and so the the one thing that's kind of driving me a little bit crazy about this year, and I don't want, I don't want to get on this point for too long, is yes, it, it is an evaluation. You need to find out what you have, you know, and that's why it's so important to bring these young guys up. the The issue that I want to, is that yes, it, it's an evaluation year, but you have to really begin begin to establish the culture of we need to try to win every single game. Like mm-hmm. there should not be games like what happened with Ikoff where you punt on the game in the second inning. Like you have to try to win every single game and never give up until the 27th out. Now, Derek Shelton and all of them say that, Hey, you know, we preach that and to, to stay, remain aggressive, remain and, and to not give up until the final out. And you do see moments like that 
where that does happen, but it's not every single game. And sometimes the roster decisions that play into it, for example, why Yu Chang is still on the roster. This is not, it, 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 that is not being fully from my perspective. That's, and coming from a team that just, I, I got uncovering another hundred loss team last year. Like, I at least saw that that team try to establish something and be like, listen, we are not, there's short leashes for people. You don't perform. You're going to, you're not going to play. And that kind of thing has to happen here too. That I, from what I can see so that whenever this team does have Henry Davis here and all these other guys here, they're ready to go because th- you have to be able to pounce now because yeah, th- this is a great time to, to capitalize because this team is, I mean, this division is just not that great. And, and it's a, it's a great window for the Pirates to start getting good. And just to close it on the evaluation here, like there's one thing, like it's easy to say evaluation year whenever you look at someone like Jack Sawinski, who's like, yeah. look, he wouldn't have gotten this chance in the major leagues or most other teams, but you know what? He's played like he belongs. He's yeah. been an above average corner outfielder who has shown some power, who has shown some good swing traits. He's someone who he, this guy might hit 30 home runs at some point in his career. All of them yeah. like, 380 feet to right field because he just <laughs> loves that short porch but like yep. he could be a 20 30 homer type guy and that that type of valuation is good like the mercanos the, the you know will crow and really it, it's a different for whenever it's like you and i don't think that's you know very controversial you know type thing of like well we just got rid of cole tucker and we just acquired the guardians version of cole tucker yeah. like what what's going on here Right. And so that, that's the, and then that was kind of also my point whenever I was writing about the Ikoff start was, is Ikoff going to be here? I, mean, I, I just, I, I, he's not, that's why. I'm no, like, he's not. I don't yeah, know if Ikoff so, is here for the next start in the rotation, candidly. That, I mean, that, that's, that's not a source thing. That's, that's just like gut reaction, right. but it's yeah. like, I mean, it seems like a real easy have, switch to be like, all right, no, it's going to be Bolton this time or something like you that. You have a hard time rolling rolling him back out again, and, and Thompson starting the ro- spot in the rotation after he gives up a ten spot. I mean, th- that's yeah. just I have a really really hard time rolling that back out. And again, it's because like, is Bolton can Bolton possibly be you know a back of the back of the rotation starter for this team later on? I mean, it's the way he's pitching in Triple A. You might want to find that out. So why does it have to be this? Why, why didn't he get that opportunity, you know, this past time? That, that was kind of my point is that you have an evaluation. You got to play the young guys because you have to see what you have. Okay, do it. You know, don't give time to all these other guys who aren't going to be here because it is important that these guys get as much experience as they possibly can so that the learning, so that it shortens the learning curve for whenever this team can become competitive. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to take a break right here. Stick around, we got more show to talk. Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Chris, you're the new guy on the block here, and I, I feel like now that you're on the show now, like let let's talk about you. Oh yay! Uh, yes, I, I... <laughs> this is I, no source reporting for me on this one. This is going to be all Chris. Like just your journey to get to this point, because you, like you said, you covered the Rangers. You've been covering baseball. <laughs> 
you know, on a beat, it was pretty much as long as I had, not before, right? No, uh, so my first year uh, covering uh, any, uh, really, this is, my, it was my first job in sports journalism covering the Rangers. I, I signed my contract with uh, SI um, in November of 2019. So uh, just ahead of the, what was supposed to be a regular 2020 season. Uh, and about two weeks after I had uh, like come back home during spring training is whenever everything got shut down uh, because they were doing like this big event at the, at the new ballpark because Rangers were about to open their new stadium and they were doing this big thing. And then that night is when March Madness got canceled and the NBA season got postponed and then all 2020 went to hell. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was the it was my first job there, and uh, I learned a lot. Uh, there were some really really great reporters. Uh, he's retired now. T.R. Sullivan, who covered the Rangers for MLB.com, uh, absolutely fantastic guy. Was a great mentor to me. Um, learned a lot from him, uh, just about the ins and outs of of how to do the job. And uh, um, yeah, it, it's it was a really rewarding experience. Even though you know during my two plus seasons, uh, they were pretty awful. Uh, I mean, they were, I mean, shoot, the Pirates and Rangers were one and two in the draft last year. Uh, yep. So that was, uh, <laughs> of course, I mean, I, 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 I grew up and both of my parents, just kind of background on me too. Uh, both my parents were born and raised in the Pittsburgh area. So I grew up watching Pittsburgh sports. Um, so I'm very familiar Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, every, you know, all the teams. And so, um, I, so I've paid attention to the Pirates over the years and, uh, uh, and yeah, you were one of the uh, reporters that I did read, uh, pretty frequently when it came to pirate stuff. Here so. we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, so like, you know, uh, you know, coming in, you know, with two plus years uh, on a Rangers beat, you know, obviously I'm here to cover Steelers as well, but, you know, obviously, you know, I, whenever DK and I talked, you know, before I started the job, you know, I, I mentioned, I was like, Hey, you know, so I, I've got, you know, I'm a member of the BBWAA. I've got this baseball experience. I can come in and I can, you know, give whatever I can on, on baseball coverage just because, you know, not only, you know, because, yeah, I love football and I'm going to enjoy covering the Steelers, but you know, two plus years of covering baseball, it's kind of reinvigorated my love for the game. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm big, obviously a big football fan. Uh, I, I'm a really big hockey fan. I play hockey like as a hobby. Um, but you know, whenever I started covering baseball, it, it really just really, you know, really just made me fall back in love with the game. And, uh, uh, so anyway, that I could still be around it, I was I offered that, and uh, it was a it was you know we had a good conversation about it, and you know obviously here I am. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, covering, and uh, even though again, yeah, last year was pretty rough. <laughs> um, really, the highlight of the entire season was the Rangers drafting Jack Leiter. <laughs> that was pretty much the entire. Yeah highlight um and then obviously before the lockout started when the rangers went berserk and spent over 500 million dollars uh on Corey seager and marcus Simeon, obviously that was pretty interesting and then obviously you know you know just as much as i do how much the lockout sucked um and then coming coming back and then i mean shoot whenever the lockout ended i, I mean i didn't even have time to book a flight or or get a rental car or anything and even then it was going to cost way too much so i was like screw this. I got, I just got in my car on Sunday and I made the drive from Dallas to surprise Arizona in, in a day, just because I was like, I need to get there because it's going to start like right away. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And, and, and I think the really good thing about going from that particular, um, 
you know, that particular situation into this one is that, listen, I know what it's like to cover a really bad team. And I, I can kind of take, you know, because the Rangers are in a bit of, the, of a similar situation. Obviously, they're operating with a completely different payroll, uh, obviously, um, you know, but at the same time, they had to go through uh, something where they have to build up their farm system. Um, and and that's just part of baseball. Like even the Yankees can't have a free agent signing at every single position. You have to be able to build from within. It's one of the reasons why the Dodgers are, are so good. It's not because, yes, they can acquire guys and then keep them because they can sign every, you know, you know, resign a lot of those guys. But they built a lot of that from within, from, you know, acquiring or, or drafting. Um, and you have to be able to do that. So have watching the Rangers do it now, now watching and learning how the Pirates are doing things and, and seeing what I think is a better farm system here than what I what I saw in Texas. Uh, yeah, I think the future is bright for the Pirates, for sure. And I, I'm looking forward to continuing to learn more about the organization as as obviously I continue to to help out with reporting and everything. So which part of Pittsburgh were your parents from that you grew up? Uh, so, so both of my parents were born and raised in Moon Township. And then, um, they, so whenever, by the time I was born, they were living in New Jersey. So I was actually born and raised in New Jersey. Okay. Um, but I, so I moved away from New Jersey in 1999, January 99, and I've been back one time. So that's how much I think of New Jersey. Uh, sorry for anybody listening in New Jersey. It's not, I, I really don't have anything like bad to say about New Jersey. It's just like, I just haven't had the desire to go back. And uh, whenever I did move away from there, I didn't move here. And I lived here for about a year and a half. And then I moved from uh, my mom got remarried. And so uh, we moved from uh, here down to Dallas. And then I've lived in Dallas for the last 22 years before accepting this job and obviously coming back up here. So who are your, who are your players, favorite players growing up here? We're, we're going to stick with the baseball. Um, so obviously growing up, you know, watching the pirates or, or, and, and that being the team that I supported, um, my favorite player was Brian Giles. Um, that was, that was the guy, uh, every, every time I played like slow pitch softball or anything, anytime, you know, somebody wanted me on my team or some, somebody wanted me on their team, they were like, what number do you want? I'm like 24. Uh, and you know, Giles was the, was, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Was another big reason for why I like 24 too. Ken Griffey Jr. Was, a my actual favorite baseball player just in the entire, entire major league baseball, but pirates wise. Yeah. I mean, Brian Giles was, was awesome. Uh, I still go back and look at his numbers. I'm like, dude, the pirates did not deserve to have him. Um, now I, I know that's like on field stuff. I'm sure there's way more to know about like everything else, but uh, Jason Kendall was a lot of fun to, to watch those, those early to early to mid 2000s teams were I, I just remember when anytime anybody came up when Zach Duke came up it's like oh my god is this gonna be the next guy and then when Chris Duffy came up and he's like the new center fielder and he has like a really good two weeks it's like is this gonna be the guy there was just so much you know hope put into every you know Brad Eldred he hit the ball 500 feet you know it's like I, I it, you know, that, that was just part of being a fan back then, I guess. And then obviously like when, when we talk about hype with uh, draft picks, when McCutcheon gets drafted in 05 and, you know, he eventually comes up and, you know, he, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't need to go through what Andrew McCutcheon did, but uh, you know, he, he was obviously one of the, one of the few guys who's able to come up and have a huge impact in a number of ways. Uh, so that was a lot of fun too. I, I actually was at both series in, 
Texas when the Pirates went to go visit in 2010 and 2013. I went to both. Uh, obviously, the Pirates were really, really bad in 2010. Uh, and then in 2013, when they came uh, into town, they actually won their 82nd game in Texas in 2013. That's right. Garrett and Cole. I was and I was at that game. I was at all three. I actually went to all three games during that series, and so I was at that game when they won the eighty second game. So that was that was really really cool to to get to witness that because I did grow up. You know, I was born in eighty seven. So my first memory of like Pirates baseball, I was in living in New Jersey at the time, and it's one image that I have in my mind of Barry Bonds on deck at Chase Stadium. Like that's like the mental image I have in my head. And then obviously that's like barely enough to remember what, like one mental image of 1992. So everything else after that, it was obviously so bad for so long. And so to actually be at the game where they won the 82nd game, that was, that was pretty cool to be able to witness in person. So I, I don't know what else, what is one thing All right, run. We should end it with a football one since you're going to be covering there too. Who is the player you're most excited to cover football-wise this year? Najee Harris. Najee, for sure. Just because, like, you you hear so many good things about him and just a couple of – not personal actions I've had with him. It's just kind of been because I've been to shoot two OTAs and three mini camp sessions. That's pretty much been it. It's off season. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's been like a breath, you know, of actual Steelers coverage, you know, by the time training camp rolls around and then it's like we hit the ground running, but Najee, just because you hear so many good things about him and everything that I've seen about him has been, has lived up to that. Uh, to know that he's kind of being groomed to be the next really like leader in that locker room um, to know all the great things that he does for their, for the community, also his community back in Bay area and and all the things that he does, like great person on the field, off the field. Like I'm really, really excited to, to kind of, to, to see that, to, to get a closer look at that. Uh, I think uh, that that is something that that's got me pretty excited about, uh, you know, covering the Steelers too. Cool. Cool. Well, we got you for parts for a couple more months, at least first. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be in DC. So it'll be, uh, I'll be uh, trying to, trying to duck my head when planes fly over. So, yeah, that's, that's only a little bit of hyperbole. If you haven't been there, everyone. (laughs) Hey, we'll be back here for a little more show right after this. podcast to be named later chris i forgot to ask you this in the last segment so we're, we're going to close the show off with this what the hell is the rangers new ballpark because it looks so i haven't been there so i i shouldn't be roasting it but you spent a lot of time there you spent time at, at globe life like what the hell it, it, it looks so corporate so mechanical like it was it's industrial but not in like a good way it yeah, looks like so, it should be a salt silo or something like that yeah so it's funny because it looks metal it, that like the the like the, the silverish color it, it's not metal it's like a transparent i don't even what it, i don't even know what to call it it's like a transparent material so that light filters into the stadium easier 
but yeah, from like that aerial shot, like, and I've seen like the really, really great meme of like where somebody looked at, looked at, made it look like it's like opening up, opening up a grill and you're just grilling like burgers <laughs> and hot dogs and everything. Like, it was, like the memes have been absolutely great. And yeah, the, the outside really is not much to look at whatsoever. However, the inside is um, way, way better. Like, if you were to be blindfolded before like walking into the stadium and then take the blindfold off once you're inside, you would have a much better impression of it than looking at the outside first. And you're like, what is up with that? And then um, because especially coming from where like media goes, so like media always goes into the Southwest entrance of the ballpark, which is near the home plate entrance, that side of it walking in, you're kind of just looking at this like gargantuan thing. And you're just kind of like, eh. but if you're going in from the Texas live side, which is uh, near like the center field uh, entrance, like they have the really big Texas live entertainment thing going on there. They've got like hotels. The old uh, stadium is like right there across the street. Um, and so like, you can like, it's like this big, you know, kind of party like atmosphere. Like if, and when the Rangers get back into the postseason, that entire area is going to be like what, what Atlanta had with, um, with, with Truist park with their run to the world series last year, it's going to be like that big, kind of patio like thing going on with so many different things going on outside. That's what kind of what the Rangers want going into that entrance. And I, I could see that happening. So that, that part's kind of cool. At least the inside is a lot better. It, it, it does play a little bit too deep. Uh, it really does. Um, the, the, the 410 on just on, on, on both sides of center field. It's just the, 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 the gaps are just way too deep there. Like I, I feel bad for Marcus Simeon coming off of 45 home runs and having to go there and try to hit 30. Uh, like I, like I, unless he pulls everything right down the line, which I know he's a pull hitter, but still you got to pull everything right down the line. If you're going to hit 45 home runs again. <clears throat> um, but uh Everything else too, and and by the way, like the inside the clubhouse is fantastic. Everything, I mean, it's state of the art. It's awesome. So everything that's not visible from the outside, where it does look like like a really huge Costco or just whatever, like what just does not look like a major league baseball park. Uh, everything else on the inside, it, it really is one of the things. Don't judge a book by its cover. Now, I've been to five active ballparks. Obviously, that's going to go up as I continue on there just because the nature of covering teams in 2020, 2021, like I did not travel. Uh, so I didn't get to hit up all of these other American League ballparks. Like the only and the thing is, that I was about to start going on the road this season when I was covering the Rangers and then I accepted this job. So like I was like about to start booking my like like a series of Houston and everything like that. And so then like I got this job. And so obviously that's not happening now. Um, so like as I begin to knock off baseball parks, I'll be able to kind of rate a little bit higher. But um, I like, for example, I enjoy the Rangers ballpark more than I enjoy like Minute Maid Park in Houston. And I don't say that as like a Rangers over Astros thing because of that rivalry or anything like that. I just, I just honestly enjoy Global Life Field more than I enjoy Minute Maid Park. That's as a as a baseball fan, I would enjoy that stadium more. But yeah, it, it is ugly on the outside for sure. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pirates Podcast. To be named later, if you haven't subscribed, but what are you waiting for? I mean. We, we do this every week. Hit a lot of people do stuff. But yeah, come on. Come on. Hit it. I think everyone <laughs> listens and subscribes anyway, so this is a, a pretty bad call to action. But if you're not, do it anyway. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Bye.